Hello, adventurers. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today on this lovely uh, Wednesday evening if you are in North America, Thursday uh, early afternoon if you are in the Austral Asian region. Uh, today, our adventure is the Chapel of Unlove. And so let's read a, a little bit of a blurb about the adventure that we're going to be embarking on today and then we'll introduce you to our guests. So, the Chapel of Unlove, one missing bouquet, two missing rings. Will you save the day or sabotage your godmother's wedding? Your godmother is about to marry the man of your nightmares, an Elvis impersonator named Barry. Despite the stunning Sanctuary Cove resort location they've chosen for their nuptials, things turn decisively ugly when the wedding bouquet suddenly disappears along with your godmother's antique wedding rings. As the official bearer, you're torn between fulfilling your godmother's dream wedding or eradicating all things Elvis from your life. Will you help them to make it to the chapel on time or sabotage this clearly disastrous match? So this is the adventure that we're going on today. We will be going on this adventure around the lovely uh, resort, the Intercontinental Sanctuary Cove Resort in Hope Island on the Gold Coast in Australia. So we'll be uh, putting our resort wear on today, as it were. Um, and joining us is the absolutely lovely author of this particular adventure, Dimity Powell. How are you all, Dimity? Hello, Emily, and hello, everybody out there. And greetings, yes, all the way from very humid, very hot and sultry Gold Coast in Australia at the moment. Um, I'm very excited to be joining you guys. I wish I was a little cooler, but um, I'm inviting you in on the fun and the heat nevertheless. Well, I'm pretty sure it's like minus 15 to minus 20 here in Canada, so mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're bringing the cool vibes to you, dear. Can you feel them? Can you feel the cool vibes? Um, I can feel my pedestal fan. Is that the same thing? <laughs> um, we also have with us our wonderful co-host, Brett Ludwig. Thank you, Brett, for joining us. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, and then I am Emily Craven. Um, I uh, run an organization called Story City. It is a GPS app and game for your phone that allows you to do real life, choose your own adventures in cities across the world. Today, one of those cities will be in the Gold Coast on the lovely, sunny Queensland coast. Um, and uh, these uh, lovely people here today are going to help us uh, live re-argue our way through a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, but first, I wanted to have a chat with you, Dimity. Um, it's been absolutely awesome being able to revisit this story. It is still live on the Gold Coast. Can you tell us your background? What do you do? What are you up to now? Sure, Emily. Well, as you've already mentioned, I um, reside on the Gold Coast, um, but despite that, I still can't surf, um, but I do love it. And you mentioned revisiting the story and like going on an adventure again. For me, that's how I feel every time I actually revisit this location where the story is originally set at Sentry Cove, which is Marina side. Um, you're overlooking the beautiful Coomera River. So you've got boats, you've got that village atmosphere. There's a lot of fun things going on there and to me it still feels like I'm the tourist there as well which is great. I'm a children's author as some of you may know out there. I write for kids, I review for kids, I manage one of the world's biggest um, kids lit review sites and I also spend a lot of my time presenting and teaching writing workshops not only for kids but grown-up kids as well and speakily enough one of the most enjoyable presentations and workshops I have done recently and also presented overseas in international conferences and festivals as well, such as Singapore, has been the choose your own adventure, multiple ending kind of adventures, because kids still read them in books. Um, and we still, with this digital age, it's like you were saying, you know, books are awesome and I'm a big advocate for that, always will be, but we also need to appeal 
in the transmedia kind of level to our kids and the younger people and help them enjoy stories at every level. And they love these kind of adventure stories where they are in control. So I love teaching them how to, um, you know, embrace those stories and that format for their writing skills. And I love, of course, living them like we are doing today as well. Woohoo, I love that. And can you, I, I'm sure that you have one at your desk. Can you show us your latest picture book? Because it is gorgeous. Oh, yes. Well, I've got some, excuse me, here's one I made earlier. <laughs> you can see that. This is, this is my dad. I don't know if I've got that completely lined up properly. You do. Um, this picture book came out oh, about April last year. And actually, it's been very apt. We were just using it and embracing it yesterday in International Women's Day, which their theme is, of course, embracing equity. And this particular book was suggested um, to me to the idea by teacher librarians um, that we need to focus on kids that don't always have the typical family situation. They might just have one single parent. That parent's not always the male. Where, where are fathers and where, um, you know, how do they work in the family dynamic? So this picture book addresses that kind of topic. Um, and I've got another one coming out this year and another one coming out in the future as well. So lots of little projects on the burner. Beautiful. I love that so much. I love that so much. And um, uh, for those of you from Australia listening, watching, Dimity is an amazing Book Week guest. Just so you know, like, uh, just, just, I'm just, just putting, putting that out there for anyone in Australia who's looking for an amazing Book Week guest. That is definitely Dimity. Um, she, she, she does a wonderful um, presentation. Um, and uh, uh, you also mentioned that you run one of the world's largest children um, book review sites. That's the uh, the one for the, um, uh, uh, the, the, book the review. kids' book review. Yeah. 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 Um, that's awesome. I've been doing that for quite a handful of years now. I run in managing proxy a huge team. We've actually got in uh, reviewers from all around Australia and even in the US as well. In the States, um, I do junior reviewers. We have um, all sorts of titles that we address and also bookish events and places as well. And that's, that's a nice little thing. It really is just all about sharing the book love and making our audience um, re uh, sort of aware of all the different and new titles and also the classic and vintage titles as well that are available for their young people to read. And that's definitely something that I know that I uh, am going to be using soon in the oh. future because as my little man, like, grows out of his books that he's currently reading, I'm like, oh, God, he changes so quickly. You're like, oh, man, which is the next book? Which is the next book that he's going to actually want to read? Because uh, he's very yeah. picky. If he doesn't like a book, he picks it up and he throws it on the ground. So. Oh, no, that's <laughs> Well, I can guarantee you will find something there, and that's why I like to direct people to that site. We totally 150% volunteers. I do my own reviews on there as well, as well as on my own um, website and blog site. So there's bound to be something that fits you and suits you and uh, you can never have too many books, Emily, can you? No, never, never. I 100% <laughs> agree on that. Um, uh, I did want to check in also with Brett. Brett, your acapella festival was on the weekend. What were the sure highlights was. of that? Uh, well, definitely the highlight for me was having the real group, which is essentially the world's best acapella group uh, out to the festival. We flew them in. They were absolutely everything I dreamed of. Just absolutely incredible, nice people and amazing talent. So it, uh, it really kind of drove home the acapella, acapella festival. They were so good. They, um, uh, they're from Sweden. Is that right? Yeah, they are. Um, I think all five members are from Sweden, actually. Yes. Nice. I, it, it made me um, very much wish that I was part of the choir again. They did this. This they did a lot of very wonderful songs, but my favorite, absolute favorite, was their rendition. They took uh, Daft Punk's "Better, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger." Harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and they did it in a very kind of um, it sounds like odd to say it, but a very robot. Um, 
way, which uh, is the original song obviously has very like synth kind of synth um, electronic vibes, but they managed to do that with their voices. It was incredible. It was so mm -hmm. good. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, so I would look up. I don't know if there's like a bootlegged copy online somewhere, but the real group, uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I 100% recommend that. Um, but also, you know, while you Google in the real group, you should also Google uh, a group called Six Minute Warning. This guy, this guy is in Six Minute Warning, does some awesome mm -hmm. beatboxing, um, and they did some amazing uh, pieces as well during the festival, uh, including a tribute to uh, our favourite boy bands from the 2000s. And mm -hmm. It was very fun. It's one of our favourite songs to sing. <laughs> um, so uh, today, as we said, we are going to be taking an adventure through Sanctuary Cove in the Gold Coast. So to uh, bring up the, uh, the screen share right here, this Ooh. is the lovely resort in Sanctuary Cove. Look at this, the Intercontinental. Just uh, some very beautiful, you know, we've got some lovely bush, we've got some palm trees, quintessential fountains, a beautiful uh, pool. Uh, we've got ourselves some spas. Uh, so it is a very lovely, lovely resort. It is also quite lacking in street view. So <laughs> I have also brought up my photographs that I took from when we did our original walkthrough. Um, maybe, Dimini, maybe you want to describe kind of what the process was for putting this together. Yeah, well, it was quite interesting and fascinating because it is an area that I am familiar with, but I don't frequent every day of the week. Um, so I took along you initially, and then we took along the artist, um, Ken, as well. And that was actually one of the most fun parts of the whole project because I was taking pictures, and you can see it's so um, colourful and picturesque. The light is so intense and absorbing um, in that particular part of the world. As you said, it is set back in the village, so you actually have to access it by going down little cobbled street lanes almost and roads. Um, so it's quite exclusive but totally accessible. And then you can meander through the village streets on foot and be near the waterfront or go through the actual arcades and shops, they're the retail shops the restaurants and so forth. And just by doing that and taking more notice of the details, which is very critical from a creator's point of view, that art of observation, listening, hearing, um, smelling everything that was going on around me, I was able to really anchor down some interesting focal points to help me make this whole narrative come alive, you know? And um, yeah, I think that was one of my most fun things. And now looking back, even as you're twirling around there and taking us through a little, you know, visit through it, I just think it's it's absolutely stunning. You can just, I just stood there at the pool and the beach pool sort of edge and thought, oh, I wish I could go in there instead of be working this day. Um, it is very, very inviting. Yes, sure is. Um, maybe one day I'll stay here as an actual guest rather than, then doing the you know sneaky walk around the 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 grounds yeah. instead. Oh, actually, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, actually, something that I forgot to do as well is that uh, both you and Brett are wearing some uh, very similar clothing. Did you guys want to kind of show off your your t-shirts? Yeah, we had a little uh, had a little check in to see what you're going to wear. This is my yeah. very proud story, City. I love this T-shirt. It's I don't tension it, but I do love flaunting it. <laughs> and that's the uh, the vintage logo T-shirt. And so I have the the new fancy updated logo T-shirt here. And all Hello. the pictures on the uh, on the T-shirt are images from the the different stories. And uh, actually, uh, one of them is from your story, Dim. The uh, there's a little magician and, uh, and and Elvis on the side there. So he is. He's mm -hmm. under my armpit where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we meet him. Who knows? It depends on where we go on this adventure. All right. And so 
Um, we start at the Intercontinental in Sanctuary Cove on Hope Island. Our starting location is actually this lovely fountain up the back here. There is no street view image that gets me close enough, so we'll have to look at it from afar and just be like, oh, this is a beautiful fountain. Um, we can see it in the illustration here from Ken as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so uh, today, because I have a little bit of a frog in my throat, um, Brett is going to be doing the majority of the uh, narration for us today. Uh, Dimini, do you want to attempt to take on board um, Elvis or, <gasps> or Delilah? Um, I don't. I think... I think Delilah, that would make a little bit more sense. I know it's very timely to be all things Elvis at the moment, but I'm not sure that's within my skill set. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just stick with Delilah at the minute and I'll try very hard, excuse me if I'm looking away, to um, keep up with the spiel, Brett. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Ah. Oh. Maybe you shouldn't have stayed up so late last night. Your head is thick and your throat is dry from overzealous air conditioning. The memory of winning every round of Uno against your pseudo-cousins was worth the lack of sleep, though. Images of their frustrated little faces vibrate wickedly around your head. You nudge your sunnies above your eyes a fraction and are instantly blinded by a supernatural light. Queensland sunshine. Squinting at the cascading palette of terracotta and aquamarine stretching before you, you suck in a lungful of salt-laced air and have to admit the view from the top of the stairs across the resort pools to the Coomera River is magnificent. Are all the pools in Queensland really this blue? You're trying to work out what the strange cone-shaped carvings are that line the fountain in front of you when up bounds Fergus, Delilah's goofball Irish setter. You can't believe resort management is allowing her beloved pet in the wedding ceremony. You shudder in spite of the subtropical heat as it dawns on you. Today is D-Day, Delilah's wedding day. Delilah, your velvet-voiced godmother, has been your favorite go-to relative for as long as you can remember. You love her more than chips and have probably spent more time with her in Queensland than your own home. But the thought of having an Elvis impersonator as your step-godfather-in-law is almost as nauseating as the muscle risotto served last night. You wonder, not for the first time, why she couldn't help falling in love with someone like him. Fergus lurches over the terrace window and gives it a slobbery lick. Stupid dog. On the other side of the glass, seated behind a mountainous plate of scrambled eggs, is Elvis, a.k.a. Barry the Groom. He looks decidedly moody. Delilah is standing beside him, flapping her arms madly. That's odd. Isn't the bride supposed to be remain unseen on her wedding day until the ceremony? She heads outside towards you, her face a canvas of crazy. It's gone! She exclaims. I, I can't get married without my bouquet. No big deal, you think? There's a florist in the marine village and plenty of time to get a new one. The protruding, gut, the protruding gut of Elvis, uh, Barry, abruptly blots your view. It's in the rings, he says. We decided to hide the rings in the bouquet to make the ceremony more entertaining. You mean you decided? Delilah snaps. Why can't anything about this wedding be normal, you wonder? You must know where they are. Barry glares at you. You're the ring bearer. You're incredulous. Wait. Wait. What? Oh, you're taking this, Emily? I, I can do this. I can definitely handle one. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? I, I didn't know they were in there. When were you going to share this inspired idea with me anyway? I'm just the ring bearer, not the bouquet sitter. There is attitude smacks of accusation, even though his stupidity is hardly your fault. You strain to remember the last time you saw the gaudy purple and orange rose bouquet. The rings were Delilah's grandparents, almost antique and worth a fortune. A fortune you are likely to inherit someday, being her only kin now. It's not just her wealth you care about, though. Her happiness is what really rocks your boat. And if being with Elvis rocks hers, well, then maybe it is your job to find those rings. 
On the other hand, you long to have your godmother all to yourself again. She hardly sings with you anymore like she used to. Not since Elvis rocked up. This could be your best chance to kibosh their relationship. Do you offer to help finding the missing bouquet because Delilah's happiness is all that matters? Or adopt the same poker face used for all those Udo wins last night and casually explain you need some time alone to work out where the bouquet might be? Brett, Brett, Brett. So... Really, we know what this we know what this choice is between, right? Saving or ruining a wedding. Yes. Right. I mean, th this is always the fun thing of, of choosing these uh, choose your own adventures is that you get an opportunity to not be yourself or yes. see what being yourself gets you. Because of course, like, you know, intuitively, Delilah's happiness is is the most important thing. Um, and you know, for me, my loved one's happiness, that's that that would take priority. Um, but you know, this this character has obviously uh enjoyed the heck out of beating a bunch of people out at, at Uno. Um and as a somewhat non-competitive person myself, that that would uh kind of diverge from my normal choices. So I think if yeah. I wanted to go along with the character that I see developing, uh the poker face is the choice. And if I want to go with like my own my own heart, then Delilah's happiness would be would be my first choice. Dimity, so, do you want to you want to put in a, a yeah? I absolutely love how Brett's analyzed that, and also your Elvis voice that was amazing. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was there; I was like right there in the moment. But see, this is the most. Um, absorbing part of not only creating these kind of stories but living them like I, I read a stack of them as well from historic kind of choose your pathway kind of things and I love doing these ones online too because as Brett pointed out so eloquently it allows you to be someone you're not and it allows you to explore your darker side sometimes and your more risk-taking side as well which we don't get the opportunity to do in real life very much right because of the risks or because of expectations or whatever. So this is the beauty of these kind of, these are fun decisions to make in life, not hectic ones. So yeah, I love that. I also, um, I, I also uh, enjoy uh, playing the devil on this side. Like yeah. to, to, to me, I am on board, uh, particularly because, you know, bad, bad elves impersonations, like just, you know, just get, yeah. really get under your skin. Um, you know, yes. like, can she live without him? Really? Yeah. I mean, come on. So what are we saying? Are we leaning more towards the poker face second option? I feel that we are. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it. It's, we're, we're being a little naughty today. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Today we're like, you know what, everyone? Let's make some mischief. All right. Let's do this. Uh, so okay. we are going to head down to the resort chapel. All right. Cool. So um, that's uh, that's where we're going with our poker face. So maybe someone brought it there by mistake and we're going to go and try and find it and uh, see if we can make some trouble. Um, I actually think that it might even allow us to get close to the chapel. So let's see here. Oh, Am I yes. also pronouncing this Kumara River? Uh, Kumara. Kumara. Thank you. Close enough, yes. Ooh, nice. Look at that water. Hello. Mm. And then a pool on that side. All right, so that's not quite far enough around the corner, but I do have uh, in my back pocket a photo of this chapel, oh. uh, which I can uh, hopefully open up here. So this here is what the beautiful chapel looks like. Isn't it nice? It's mm -hmm. quite bizarre. I really, yes. It's all glass frontage and you can see it from both the water, you know, when you're in the actual river system. Um, I can almost see it from where I live. I live across the Kumara River and, you know, in certain times and angles you can see it and 
the light reflected off it. So it's quite a unique place. It's very pretty inside as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think actually I have a photo of the inside. Let's have a look here. Mm -hmm. uh, why are you doing that? Okay. Oh, yep, here we so are. Good. So that's what it looks Beautiful. like from the inside. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not uh, orange and purple. Can you imagine? You wouldn't be looking at your groom. You'd be too busy looking at what's happening, the dolphins in the water and whatnot. <laughs> and the right. sunset. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, yes. Right. So, oh, we've gone to the chapel and we've come across yep. several shady characters here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Let me get back right. to my... Narrative. You're barely aware of the Kumaro River fringed with multi-storied homes shimmering before you. A refreshing offshore breeze licks your bare arms and legs as a nasty realization slowly takes hold. You really, really can't stand Barry's sideburns. In fact, you struggle to find anything appealing about this wannabe has-been. With Barry out of the picture, you'll be Delilah's favorite again. First in line for any fortune, and best of all, never have to sit through one of his cheeserama stage shows ever again. Hallelujah. You're anxious to investigate your chapel theory before anyone else, anyone else does when Fergus blunders grinning inanely at you. Good grief. Can't he leave you alone for five minutes? In spite of his annoying presence, you immediately warm to the honey-colored sandstone entrance with its funky alien-style lights, but it's the soaring opera house-shaped face glass facade that leaves you breathless. You head around for a closer look when you spy Luigi, the wedding celebrant you met last night by the gated fence. His hairdo is even less convincing than Barry's lacquered Elvis quaff. He's barking instructions at a wisp of a man in khaki pants. They're discussing someone named Phil. Luigi falls silent the moment he spots you. Before you can ask them if they know anything about the missing bouquet, Khaki Pants blurts out, That pirate can't be trusted. He'll turn for sure. Pirate? Could a pirate named Phil have seized the rings? Or is this just another one of Barry's lame wedding ideas? You're not sure you want to be part of another pirate story. They seem so yesterday. But it could be fun. There might even be a reward. There's always a reward, right? You ask Luigi. Where be this pirate? Irritation clouds his face. How would I know? <laughs> Can't you see I'm preparing for a wedding? I don't have time for this sort of interruption. He glares at you and Fergus, who is flouncing frantically at your heels. That's enough, Fergus. You dismiss his frenzied yapping and plaintive look. He sprints a short way up the road, then hurdles back at you, barking as though Martians were abducting his doggy bites. Too bad you don't speak, goofball. He dashes off again, ears flapping madly as he galumps away from the chapel. Do you set off on your pirate-seeking adventure? Or decide swabbing decks was never your style? Besides, there's something unsettling about Luigi and his supersized mustache. Okay, so we want to see I if we can find this pirate that they're looking for or mm -hmm. Tail Luigi. Mm -hmm. see, this is a little harder, I think. Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> I have to say, I'm laughing with you, Brett, not at you, because I love the um, mixture of accents that this is when you write something and then when I can hear it aloud, it's like, seeing a picture book come alive through pictures now i'm hearing it come alive and it's, it's hilarious for me <laughs> oh amazing i'm happy to uh have to uh, provide some amusement uh, i like that you <laughs> went for um super mario brothers luigi uh, yeah. well was there another option truly <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay so which way are we going to go we can head back to the resort Full house where the chess set is and the grounds, or what else can we do? So we're um, either we're either like suspicious of this pirate that they've mentioned, 
right? Mm. Or or we're like, yeah, well, I've never seen this pirate, so I don't really know. And um, and so you're kind of following Luigi because he's the wedding celebrant, and you know maybe he's 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 a uh, he's he's a little bit uh, thrifty or a little bit like light fingered. Uh, I, I think Luigi is very dodge, right? But unlike the text, I I love pirates, and Phil mm-hmm. is a, it seems an incongruous kind of pirate T type character. So I might be inclined to slink after him, thinking I could do it more subversively, you know. So that would be me. I think maybe I'd go option one. Yeah, you think you could pretend? You could pretend to be piratey enough that you can pass by unsuspecting. Yeah, 100%. Okay. How, how about you, Brett? Thoughts? Uh, I am also partial to any any sort of pirate-themed adventures. Um, <laughs> the Curse of Monkey Island, Island is one of my favorite video games. There's lots of great pirate games that I've, I've played for many, many years. So that's uh, certainly my 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 leaning prospect as well, which sounds like we're, we're kind of almost unanimous at this point. Okay. Oh, but really, we, oh, we, we, miss out, we miss out on the Luigi accent for another. That's so sad. True. <laughs> True. Um, Emily, you're the hero here. You're you're assuming the main character hero. Oh, so. look, I, I don't disagree with either of you. I'm always up for a pirate adventure. Um, okay. So you know, like I am, I am more than happy. But I'm also sad that we're missing out on more Lu- Luigi accent time. That's all I'm saying. We'll have to do that another day. We'll have to do it another day. Yeah, exactly. But we'll have to go back and see. So the original um, voiceover narrator for this story, uh, Ben McKenzie, I do not remember what he did for Luigi's accent, so maybe you're just going to have to go back and Mm. listen to Ben's rendition Mm. of Luigi. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're off on our pirate-seeking adventure. Let's go. And can I just confirm this is DP13, the chapter that we're doing? Yes, it is indeed. So... Um, that's going to be taking us here. Back Can you see this? Oh, nice. I'm ready now. Yeah. Yes. Does right, this mean fun. you have to be Phil? Let's see if I can get us close to that. Oh, I'm Phil. Okay, I'll assume the role of Phil. Is that what you said, Brett? I mean, if you've got the patch, I feel like. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I have. I can't Let me see now. if I can get us close to this, this outdoor chest set. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I don't think, I'm ready. I don't think I've got a, I don't think I can. Oh, we do. I think we do have a chest set one. I we thought. do. We Maybe. do. I can't get street view to it, but I'm pretty sure I have a photograph of it. So. Yes. What is going on here? Why are these, oh. these windows are not working. They're really unhappy with me. Okay. I can't quite read with this on Brett. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Okay, I found one checkerboard. That's not the right one. There are multiple checkerboards in this area, just so that everyone knows. Uh, are there? There are. There are. There are multiple checkerboards in this story. Oh, okay. yes. It was one in the precinct. Okay. I also. Uh... Could have if if I had known more about the story, I could have come prepared. Um, my mom is a chocolatier, so she so, has some of those gold medallion chocolates. Oh, the coins! So I could be could be playing with gold coins as we speak. Wow! Um, I definitely definitely have a photograph of this chessboard. Hold on, I know I do. I know I do. It's somewhere. Do you want me to read while you look around? Yes. You've got it. the right artwork up. The right artwork there is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to assume Jack Sparrow, I ain't. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm also going to give Emily the a compromise she never asked for. Oh, um, yes. And the first paragraph of narration will be in Luigi's voice. Oh, I thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Before a Fergus has a chance to drool on your parade, you hear the gruff drawl of a pirate, then see a clean-shaven, waist-coated, blonde-haired man in knee-high boots. Avast! Could this be him? You're oh, disappointed. You're a little disappointed. I don't know how to say that in an Italian accent by any means. Where are the dreadlocks, the bananas, the cutlasses? 
Draped across his shoulders is an off-white Pekingese with a tiny eye, pink eye patch. Oh. <laughs> Seriously? When did pirate parrots go out of fashion, you wonder? You hear an unearthly humming and swear her uncovered eye is flashing. Fergus doesn't care about her monocular appearance, however. It's love at first sight. He leaps at the pirate, eager to impress his new belle. The peak yaps demonically and catapulting <laughs> from his shoulders, lands atop Fergus. Nice. You gawk slack-jawed at her glowing backside. It's metallic. Hi! Hold on, star baby! Nice. She clings on with remarkable dexterity for something without opposable thumbs as Pirate Phil advances with a swoop of his arm, raises his weapon above Fergus, ready to strike. It comes down hard, exploding in a cloud of purple petals. The missing bouquet. So this scurvy, quite well-dressed sea scum really did steal the rings. Fergus recovers first and snatches the bouquet in his maw shaking it hard enough to give himself concussion. Stella grapples for it, and then together they race off towards the marina. The Pirates of the Caribbean theme song suddenly erupts from Phil's pants. He fumbles for his mobile. Yes, yes, hold on to your rhinestones. What? The bouquet? No, it's right here. He sees the small pool of pulverized petals at his feet. Oh, those scurvy curs! Dad, I'm running out of time. I'm on my way. He storms off in the direction of the marine village, leaving you questioning Barry's theme choice for this wedding. If Phil is in fact part of the wedding, that would explain his connection to Luigi, but why would he take the bouquet? You're confused about what you overheard. Does he have the rings, or are they still in the bouquet? If you are ever going to can Barry's plans, you have to get them back. Do you decide the pirate has the rings, so slink after Phil, tailing him through the northern gates to the harbor front, then across the village green? Or decide they're still in the bouquet. If you can get those rings, you can still stop this wedding. Maybe even claim a reward. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. What do you think? Well, we've got our... our uh, Selfish and non-selfish choice again, I think. Um, well, like no, really... both ways could potentially be the rings. We just don't know where they are. It's like where is the most likely to be? That's fair. I guess maybe the, the, the text itself seems to imply in the, uh, in the yes. second one that you're much more focused on, on yourself with uh, stopping the wedding and claiming a reward. And the other one seems much more neutral. Like, let's go find the ring. Let's... Let's so let's handle the situation. The second one um, is sort of dictates more logic, is like you're saying. And for me personally, if it were me, I spend a lot of my time running after dogs, so I might be inclined to follow the dogs, thinking that it might be a soft option out because if the rings are still there, yeah, cool, it's a win-win. I'm going to get a reward and get the rings back fairly simply. So maybe that's what I'd be thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I, I think, uh, you know, not to just agree with you, agree with you here, but, you know, uh, I like that we've got this character that's a little bit selfish. He's, they're a little yeah. bit, a uh, little bit in it to win it kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind following that theme a little longer. Yeah. You guys, well, maybe that you guys don't think that the pirate has the rings. You don't want to, you don't want to see what, what his weird, weird robo dog is going to do. I do. Chase the robotic dog. Isn't it the robotic dog? Tim Fergus has gone after Stella, the, the cyber dog. Oh, mm -hmm. so yes. Them in in real time, you know. Okay. Like, All right. Well, that decides it. Then I want to go after the robot dog. And if the real dog has gone after the robot <laughs> dog, I'm on board. I thought I. Come after the dogs. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I All thought right. Emily, in, in attempting to be contrarian, accidentally just agreed with us, basically. Which is good. Um, so which peer? So if we are going after the dogs, then we are going to peer B. B. We can make it to peer B in this uh, in this here street, do you mean? 
Oh, no. Maybe. Like this is as far as we can get. We're so far from the street. So this is like we're the, on the, the marine village that we're, we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so oh, yes. the marina's over here. This is where the where the action's happening but, on the pier. The or maybe, maybe this it is our curves around. So you are now where it says mast, I think it says mast headway, where those cars are in front of us now. If we go down that path, that's, I think, Marina. Yeah, uh, so, so, so Pier B is yeah. just here, right? So we Ooh. can't we can't get on the road, but what we can do is we can stand on this lovely little boardwalk here. And so this is our Pier B just here. Look at those boats. Right. Look at this. Spot on. Look at this. So nice. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you want to go there for lunch. Yeah. Or an adventure. <laughs> or a wedding. Oh, oh dear. This does not end well for RoboDog. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, okay, let's see where we end up. Have you gone to the ending already? Don't go to the... Oh, no, there you go. You've got Stella there. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do it. Hang on, what roles do we need to be? Should, um, I think it's just you. Oh, no, Phil's back. I think oh, we got all back there. there. Yes. Yep. Okay, let's do it. All righty. Stella falters at the head of the Pier B ramp, turning on Fergus, who refuses to relinquish the bouquet. You're convinced that you, if you can retrieve the bouquet, you'll get the rings, and then not only Delilah's undying gratitude, but also the right to remain in her family and be a part of her hefty inheritance. That's not too much to ask for, is it? You creep up to them, hand outstretched, calling Fergus's name. He looks up to you from Stella, undecided. You wish you had some of those guano-scented snacks to tempt him. You edge closer. Stella's eye flashes, Stella's eye flashes red, and she emits a high-pitched bleep before nearly snapping off your fingers. Yeah. Fur hangs from her rear end in fleecy strips, revealing more of her metal hide. Unbelievably, Fergus drops the bouquet to defend you. Stella seizes the moment and thrusts her tiny bionic head amongst the ragged blooms, extracting something long and orange with her teeth. Not to be outdone, Fergus snatches up the bouquet again and takes off back into the marine village, enticing her to follow. Apparently, true love is blind. Stella has other ideas. She turns all two inches of metal tail and darts down the jetty. You glance back to see Fergus galloping into the dock's precinct with the bouquet dangling from his lips. You want to follow the bouquet, but are curious about the ribbon that Stella is intent on taking. What if it holds the rings? You need to get those back. You leg it after the cyborg mutt down the jetty. She's manically fast. You tear down Pier B, then bolt along the C-arm walkway to Pier D. You're only half amazed to see smoke rising from her backside as she skids around the corner to the left, slowing, slowing parallel to George's seafood restaurant. A high-pitched eep echoes down the pier. Eep, eep, eep. You're gaining on her. You knew all that minibar chocolate would come in handy. You can see the ring swinging wildly from her mouth. Oh, we did it. We picked right. As she trots below the massive curved glass facade of the restaurant overlooking the marina. You risk looking up. Dozens of engrossed diners stare down at you from their air-conditioned Greek-adorned aquarium. You're more interested in Stella's obedience. Stop! You bellow. Naturally, she speeds up. You have as much control over her as you do Fergus. Ugh. Suddenly, a life jacket sails from the motor yacht moored alongside the jetty, landing with a wallop in front of Stella. That's bizarre, you think. It's not like she's drowning. Stella slams snout first into the jacket, crunching to a stop. You see her chance and dive, rugby style, onto the flailing canine with more force than strictly necessary to bring down a small mechanical beast. Stella's legs buckle and her thin metal veneer crumples under your assault as a barrage of tiny screws and pins disgorge from her gut. Exalted with her termination, you rise to your feet to the sound of hammering footfall as Barry and Phil rush upon the scene. 
Stella! Phil Wales. Stella, baby! Oh, uh, uh, give me those. Barry roars, lunging towards you. You realize you're holding Stella's head, or what's left of it, in your hands. Wires zap and fizzes from the gaping hole in her neck where her body should be. Her eyes stare blankly at you. The ribbon with the Lila's rings on it droops lifelessly from her mouth. You register the horrified expressions of the diners above you and Barry's stricken face before lobbing that head as far as you can into the marina. Stella! Turning your back on Phil's anguished bellowing, you head for the village green. You deserve a chocolate top-up. The end. <laughs> I actually love that Stella died that way. But we've got the rest of it. Is the, think... is the other famous quote, uh, I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. Am I, am, <laughs> am I in the right genre here? The right movie? Yes, you're 100% uh, okay, in the right genre. <clears throat> and just a little backstory from the creator. I wrote that particular little chunk. Um, it was hard to bring it together. And I wrote that very late one night while the whole household was asleep and I couldn't help myself. I had to put the stellar intonations and everything in there and I was just cacking myself, meaning I, I couldn't stop laughing at my own work. I don't know if I was overtired or just nice. I completely lost it by then. But, yeah, that's the I still recall that and it was just so much fun. <laughs> but I, so I'm curious, like, I don't, I don't, did, do we have we thrown Stella's head with the rings into the marina, or have we retrieved the rings then thrown Stella's head? Mm. Ah, it doesn't specify, and I think that's um, I think cliffhangers like that are sometimes good to leave on. I'm not going like to tell you. Think, I would like to think that we've thrown those. Mm. Mother F is into the marina. That's that's what I'd yes. like to think as the as the rebel that I am. <laughs> because as as um, Brett was pointing out, there is some really selfish, um, you know, inclination even in this passage as well, isn't it? Because you just want that hefty inheritance. You want this. So um, mm. even though you probably thought of that by throwing the rings away, you hate Barry even more. There's clearly some really, um, you know, dislike. And the scent in there, and I, I like that you just sort of, sort of go, well, you know, stuff you all kind of thing. Um, so I think this was supposed to be intended as a positive ending, a good ending <laughs> for the for you anyway. Well, like so. you've successfully ruined the wedding, like that's what yes. happens right here. So it's a positive outcome, yeah. Because mm -hmm. there are other endings that have not ended well. For different people in no. this like like there are many ways that you die in this story just so you know yes. we've managed not to die and it is a win yes and i think that's the that's the fun thing to remember as well that with multiple ending anything um they and and i got this from you emily as well and also reading around you know reading the actual books and stuff is that it reflects real life like real life can be messy, it can be gory, it can be tragic, it can be stupendously um, unpredictable as well. And when I tell the kids this in particular and players, you know, I say, well, get ready for the unexpected. Make, make it different and make it gruesome. And even in junior novel, choose your own adventure things. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of death there. <laughs> so there's a lot of extremities. So, and I think that's, um, that's kind of good fun to explore. I think so. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out is because we didn't do this in this adventure, but this adventure has a bunch of Easter eggs in it because it is yes. a marriage to an Elvis impersonator. There are many references in the text to the titles mm -hmm. of Elvis songs. And what yeah. we have done in this story is that we've actually linked these Elvis songs to um YouTube video clips of these songs. So if you really want to go down the Elvis train and uh, and see the uh, songs that inspired the narrative, absolutely, were, 
um, you can click on the little Easter eggs within the within the story in the Story City app and uh, yeah. and get serenaded by the real Elvis, not the fake Elvis. There's so much. They're so cool. It's like going back into the relics. It's vintage Elvis. You know, I found the oldest clips that I could possibly find. And it's no secret that I love puns and fun as well. So you can imagine um, trying to slip the music song titles and lyrics into the narrative and i know um brett picked up on some of them there you can you read them quite well um yeah that was heaps of fun and i just think it gives that extra dimension doesn't it when you're playing it and you can um you really get the songs in your head then too what would have been really fun is we'd rick rolled everybody and all of these links went to never gonna give you up was the ringtone the pirates of the caribbean ringtone which we put in there and um i wish i'd had that on as background now because that I, I was gonna start singing it but i thought no <laughs> <laughs> um what actually so what also could have been fun is that if we had actually sent it to videos not of the actual elvis clips but of elvis impersonators attempting to do that song oh yes yeah. yes asian ones too because they're quite funny sometimes like all nationalities that have their own interpretation of you know elvis impersonators and they're so dedicated to the cause i love it i was looking at those the other day and i thought this is unreal <laughs> right anything anything where you like do like googly of like karaoke versions of things it's great yes, yes. um if anyone was wondering if we had gone down the other pathway we would have ended mm -hmm. up with a bag over our head um, and then drowned in a chocolate fountain. Holy oh, mackerel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is yeah. actually, and now that's all real as well. Oh, well, the chocolate fountain is not outdoors there, yeah. but where that happens, there's function centres and stuff, and they often have large chocolate fountains. And as you were saying, Emily, the fountain niche, if that's a word, you know, the different sculptures and stuff around this resort are quite a lot. And I just thought, let's put them both together. What a fabulous way to die, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, <laughs> yep, so if it had gone the wrong way, we would have died by fountain. Um, yes. Uh, down another pathway, Barry ends up uh, naked and afraid. <coughs> yes. Um, because of a magician. There he is there, getting chased. Um, and uh, in, in other uh, pathways, Barry has duped us all and uh, has yeah. stolen the rings because of their value. Um, yeah. You also die in another fountain uh, where Delilah is the evil person. So there's many ways that you could die in this particular yes. story. Um, uh, but... Uh, there are also many ways you can discover this lovely seaside town. Of course. <laughs> well tied in. Right, that's exactly right. So you know, we've got we've got just some some beautiful. Um, they have a they have a market in here on um, uh, like weekends. Um, There's real playgrounds. Those chess sets that are scattered throughout not only the resort but the marina precinct as well. You can play those. So they've they've got real chess pieces there. And the beauty of these uh, story city local like locative kind of narratives, like you've seen in the past, sometimes it has this really historic um, and you know location based atmosphere and feel about it with this particular one you can diverge and go well that's enough you know cyber dog chasing for one day let's stop here and let's pop into the restaurant that was mentioned let's go and have an ice cream let's do whatever um and there is actually a real theater there where you can see real live magicians i don't know if they're as evil as melville the magician was but, you know, all these things are present in Sanctuary Cove, which makes it half the fun as well to experience it. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's that blue building there is the... Yes, that blue the, building. That is, that's the, that's uh, still the illusions, illusions Magic Show. Yes, mm -hmm. correct. And that is still there. So you can hire a little buggy and, and, and you know, stay in the resort even or just visit the marina. 
awesome fun. Oh, that's what we want. Fake lions and tigers. That's, yes, that's what we're here I for. love the fake tigers. Mm. <laughs> I think the fake tigers, they were in the story as well. Yeah. I think that could have, that probably is not a good ending, that one there. No, so it is not. That's why I'm pretty sure that's the ending in which Barry gets turned into a goose. Yes, and they then, come up, yes. And then ends <laughs> And that's because there's a beautiful big bird lake there as well, which is um, yes. full of aquatic avian life, which is quite interesting. And they, yeah. those geese are. Yeah. That's are this over in this area, isn't it? Yes, it's yeah, it's just a bit further away. around the corner. So nothing's too far away to walk. Yeah, I can walk it, you know, it's all within strolling distance, especially in our beautiful Queensland weather. You won't need a parker. So mm-hmm. like you went over there. <laughs> and this is this is a very kind of like Queensland architecture, the tin roofs and the sl- slanted roofs for the um yeah. for like the rain, the tropical rain that comes in and um, palm tree. Palm trees. And- and the and, uh, it is when you venture slightly out of the resort. So if you go to that section where you can see Barry is getting chased at the moment by a goose in his rear end, um, where that is, and you're walking down those little paved roadways and things under the beautiful date palms, um, you can still, because you're passing Century Coast also incorporates a, a beautiful 18-hole golf course. And to this day still, you see the little uh, kangaroos grazing on the greens. It's amazing. It's it's quintessentially weird Australian and you think, oh, really? You know, there's a kangaroo just hopping in front of me. But here at Century Cove, that does occur. So very, very nice. I love it. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed their trip to sunny Queensland. Um, there was one thing that I, I did want to pick up on, Dimity, because you said that you spend a lot of your life um, running after dogs. Do you want to tell people why? Oh, yes. Well, I'm a, aside from a lover of a lot of other things, I love dogs and specifically border collies. So we have three border collies now which is insane because they're the world's smartest dog and so i'm my my thought and my um you know actions are continually tested by them they try to outthink me two out of those three are what we call working border collies so we do what we call sheep trialing with them three sheep trialing people go what what do you mean by that so my easiest reference is well you know the movie babe where there's a little uh, little pig who rounds up and does, you know, sheep, puts sheep through obstacles with the farmer. I said, that's what we do, but with a dog, an actual real sheep dog. And I'm still training at the moment. I have got a dog, and you'll love this, it ties in beautifully, called Sparrow. And he's a right little pirate. My daughter named him. He was originally her puppy to take on and train. And she named him Sparrow after Captain Jack because he has a white face and patches and really dark, beautiful highlighter. So he looks a real character. And he can climb vertical walls. He can get out of mischief. I have no doubt he would survive at sea. Um, So I'm training him. And my husband um, trials and trains with another one of our working colleagues as well so that's my little link to piracy it just it's doing my head in i tell you (laughs) i love that so much when i found out you were doing that i was like oh made me really made me want to watch babe again actually yeah it does it really it really is a babe moment and we actually use that terminology like i'll say that'll do sparrow that'll do that's enough nice. um and they're all valid terms we use those when we're out in the paddock so yeah good stuff so watch this space because you might see me actually out there competing and performing next year but i've got a long way to go this is my learning curve it's like oh it's so steep it makes my eyes bleed well <laughs> so. now you have a twitch account you could live stream these these dog trials of yours you know just say oh my god that's another challenge i'm not even sure if i want in my life yet but yeah you know maybe take it on so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you everyone for joining us on our adventure today we hope you enjoyed wandering around sunny gold coast um and uh and uh reminiscing on elvis impersonations and um 
uh, uh, helping us chase down robotic dogs uh, and being a little bit naughty, as Brett said, in this particular episode. Um, uh, we do these adventure hours uh, every week. Uh, so next week, um, our adventure hour um, is going to be in uh, Adelaide. We are going to be... Um, spies or people in clatterstein organizations who is the firm by michael hand um michael unfortunately cannot join us but he has given us permission to go adventuring um in his stead and um and so we will be wandering the beautiful areas of grange which is another seaside area in adelaide um and and we will be uh performing clatterstein mission um, to what end you'll find out uh, so that's going to be happening next Thursday night in Canada Friday afternoon in Australian uh, Australasian time uh, those of you who are creators and are interested we also run a creator lab every Monday um, where we brainstorm ideas they do not have to be interactive they can be book related video game related film related we don't mind we just enjoy brainstorming ideas and working things out um and, and helping you get unstuck so that is on at uh, 4 p.m uh in the afternoon uh, in north america uh or at 10 a.m in australian time on a tuesday morning so please feel free to join us here on twitch uh we'll invite you into stage we'll have a good time uh if you are interested in figuring out what happens down some of the other pathways in this story all you need to do download the story city app at about.storycity.app you can turn on spoiler mode and tap your way through to other endings or take a visit to Sanctuary Cove yourself and see where you end up. So thank you Dimini, thank you Brett for being lovely uh, voice talent for us today. Uh, we are incredibly grateful to have um, your wonderful story on Story City Dimity, and uh, we will see everybody next week. Thank you, Emily. It was just absolutely joyful. And thank you, Brett for, and Emily, for making it all come so much alive. That was fantastic.